Good evening, Fellowship of Champions, and welcome to week four of uh, partnership classes. I hope you have been enjoying so much from the last three lessons, and we will continue to build on uh, learning about the church vision, learning about uh, what it means to be a believer, what it means to be saved. And tonight we're going to be talking about dedication and singleness of purpose. So again, welcome. Um, if you've been listening, you've I know you've been blessed by the word that has been coming forth. I know I have been enjoying these lessons and I don't uh, want to be before you long, but we do want to get into this lesson because I believe it's really powerful as we talk tonight and, and to explore what it means when we're talking about dedication and singleness of purpose. That is so important that it's not just about dedication to this ministry. Yes, this is partnership class, but more importantly, we're talking about dedication to God. And as you are dedicated and having your focus singly focused on God, he will begin to lead you into what you need to do into the ministry. So we're gonna go ahead, get started. We always wanna give honor to God. We always wanna give honor to our pastors. Um, all of our pastors, we, we honor them. We thank you. We're going to give people a few minutes to join, uh, come in tonight. We're just so excited. We see people uh, come in from all over. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we're really ready tonight to really just uh, explore the word because we believe, of course, that the word is what gives us direction. The word is what gives us life. And so again, we're really excited. We're going to, we're going to start by praying. Um, and then we're going to get into this lesson tonight. Why? Because we believe that the, the power of God is able, as we're teaching, is going to give revelation, going to give us some insight and open up some things to us maybe we hadn't thought about. So, Father God, we thank you for your blessings. God, we thank you for your anointing. We thank you for every partner, God, even as they're coming in, checking in from where they're from. God, we pray special blessings on them, God. We pray, God, that as this word is being taught tonight, God, that you, Holy Spirit, would speak to each individual, give us insight, give us wisdom, give revelation, Father God. We lift up this time to you and we, we thank you, God, that as we are here, God, that you're going to, to give us divine wisdom, divine insight, God, and, and we're going to have crystal clear hearing. In the name of Jesus, we believe we receive. Hallelujah and amen. Amen. So I'm, I'm really excited. It's been a while since I taught at Fellowship of Champions. So um, again, I'm really just excited to be a part of the partnership lessons because I believe partnership has its advantages. I believe partnership has its benefits. And so uh, as we talk about this, I want if you guys have questions, please put them in the um, in the in the in the comment section so I, we can address those and, and um, you know, hopefully make this thing plain as possible. So again, tonight's topic is dedication and singleness of purpose, dedication and singleness of purpose. And so the first thing we talk about, our first point is something that a lot of people, when they hear this word, literally, they get something on the pit of, in the pit of their stomach that says, I don't like that. I don't, I don't like the concept of that. And that word is submission. In fact, it used to be uh, in a lot of people's wedding vows and people started taking it out of their wedding vows because the word itself has a lot of different connotations. So we're going to talk about what we mean when we're talking about submission. Submission um, is super important when you're talking about um, uh, talking about the word of God and, and operating in excellence. Okay. So it says excellence in ministry cannot come into operation without submission. Excellence in ministry cannot come into operation without submission. Submission is the act of submitting something to another for a decision, 
or consideration. So submission is asking someone else for their, their uh, decision or their consideration. In fact, submission is the act of accepting the authority of someone else. Now that's really powerful. Now think about that. I said, submission is the act of accepting the authority of someone else. Which means when it says accepting, that means we have a choice. We must choose to accept the authority of God in our lives. We must choose to accept the authority of God in our life. Submission is a choice and every choice has a consequence. Wow. Submission is a choice, but every choice has a consequence. When we choose to submit to God, we not only submit to God's leading, we also submit to his benefits. We, we, when we choose to submit to God, we not only submit to his authority, but we also submit to his benefits. When we submit to our bosses at, at our job, now think about this, when you go to work and you agree to work for a company, they give you parameters to how that's supposed to look. Some companies will tell you what hours to work. Some companies can, will say you don't have to work specific hours, but you just have to get the job done. But you are agreeing to something specific. But as a result of you agreeing to do it the way that they said that you would do it, they agree to give you benefits. If you don't like their benefits, you don't uh, typically agree to the package. Okay, so most of us want God's benefits, but we don't want to submit to, to the parameters or the lordship of his leading. But in order for there to be excellence in ministry, we must be submitted to God's lordship, to his guidance. And we must commit and be submitted to do things his way, okay? So if we're wanting God's benefits package, we must be willing to submit to him as Lord and our boss, if you will. We have to say, hey, if I'm going to get this eternal life, if I'm going to get this Zoe life here on earth, if I'm going to live this abundant life that he promised, I have to submit to his lordship, okay? So as we examine the above definition, we, we will have clarity in our motives for ministry. Before we begin to serve in the body of Christ, it is important that we first submit to God for instruction. Um, this would be on the definition of submitting for another consideration. So before we just decide what we're going to do and how we want ministry to look, we have to understand that we need to go to God and say, God, what do you want me to minister? God, what do you want me to say and do on your behalf? This is not just about what I want. Kingdom ministries are birthed from submission and not fleshly desires. Now, everybody can just type that in the comment. Kingdom ministries are birthed from submission and not earthly desires. Now, why did I say kingdom ministries and not just ministries? Because the truth of the matter is we have ministries that have popped up all over the world that were birthed out of human desire. We have ministries that were birthed because somebody got mad at another leader. We have ministries that were birthed because somebody thought that they could lead better and they they were, they, uh, were just as talented or anointed as the other person. And so these ministries, and some people just wanted the spotlight. And so they popped up and because they had talent and they had ability, they had a following. And so they started ministries, but kingdom ministries are birthed from submission and not fleshly desires. That is really, really important for us to understand. And in submitting, we must yield to the Holy Spirit. Now through submission, we must be willing to yield to Holy Spirit first and then to those that he's given charge over us or rule over us. To do anything outside of this is out of the order of God. So again, first we submit to God and then we submit to the leader that God has placed on uh, over, over the ministry or over the, the local church. That is the order of God. In 3 John uh, 
in nine and ten it talks about um the alpha trees and, and it says that he he wanted he had risen up as a leader and as paul was writing it says that he wanted to come and and do some things but this man decided that he was going to stop his flock and encourage his flock not to listen or to submit to paul uh he said it didn't he did not recognize paul's authority in the church neither did he allow his his uh his people to submit or to hear what Paul was trying to say. Now, as I was reading that, and as I was thinking about that, it was really interesting to me that that I started to think, what happens or what makes people follow leaders that they can see are clearly um, operating out of a place of rebellion? There will always be those people that rise up against the leaders in ministry and try to gather a following. And, and you have to ask yourself, why are people following someone who's clearly going in opposition of the leadership? Well, there are several reasons why people start to follow these people. Um, sometimes they, they follow those people because they have a great personality. You know, even, you know, when they talk about Satan, Satan was, was, was charming and had all of these gifts. And so sometimes people start to follow the giftings that, that have come. And we're going to talk more about gifts a little bit later. People start following because maybe they are also offended with leadership. And so they, they follow someone else who offended. And you will see that a lot in ministry. When one person is offended, they will quickly draw everybody else in the ministry that's been offended. Why? Because those, uh, that that familiar spirit begins to attract them and they all start to congregate and begin to talk and begin to say well you know this is i didn't like this and and i didn't like the way they did that and so it fuels that that uh division or that divisive spirit um so again some people are drawn to those people because of their personality because they're offended because they're following after a gift so when you are are listening to god for submission for leadership make sure you are listening to holy spirit and not the flesh because the flesh will lead you astray the flesh will have you following people because you're offended the flesh will have you following people because they're talented the flesh will have you following people because you're trying to get your next big break it is important that you submit your flesh to god because the flesh is definitely not in fact the word of god tells us that the flesh is enmity against god and so if we don't submit our flesh to god our flesh will lead us right to destruction your flesh will lead you right to destruction if you don't submit it to the word of god so we must surrender to the most high through the prompting and the leading of holy spirit who only speaks those things that the father has said we must submit to the leading of the Holy Spirit who only speaks those things uh, through, the the, through the promptings of what the Holy Spirit has said. When we surrender to him, the Holy Spirit, it's easier for us to surrender to those that God has put in charge over us. When we submit to the leading of the Holy Spirit, it's easier for us to submit to the leading of those who, who the Holy Spirit has put in charge over us. Now, let's pause here for a second there is this teaching is right we have to submit to holy spirit and we have to submit to uh the local body the the pastors and the ministry leaders this type of teaching unfortunately has been um used to manipulate people and say you could never leave a church or this type of teaching has been used to spiritually abuse people again that's why it is so important that we understand that we have to have our ears open to holy spirit and if you will go back and listen to last week's message pastor strickland was teaching and he talked and he said he he doesn't have any desire 
to to control your life. He doesn't have any desire to tell you every move to make. In fact, the teaching that Pastor Strickland teaches us here at Fellowship of Champions is that he's always pointing us back to God. You will hear the leaders of this ministry. You will hear the pastors constantly saying, what did God say? Not what 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 do you want to do? But what did God say? Why? Because any leader that is trying to teach you to be more dependent on them than to be dependent on God is out of order. We are, our job is always to point everyone back to the father. Now that doesn't mean you can't ever go to your leader and say, Hey, I need some direction in this area. I'm, I'm not really clear about what God is saying, or I just need some, uh, some insight. Maybe I'm, I'm just confused about some things. And yes, God does speak to our pastors. Yes. God does give them words. And I, I submit to them and I'll, I'll go and I say, hey, I need I have a question about something. I need some direction about something. But ultimately, it is important that our leaders are teaching us to grow in our ability to hear God and teaching us in our ability to go to God um, with boldness and to with confidence that when we pray, we know that he hears us. OK, so it's important that we understand um that we do submit to the local body and that body should always be teaching us and leading us back to Christ. Now, to submit to the word of God, we are submitting to the will of God. When you submit to the word of God, you are submitting to the will of God, okay? Never think that God will lead you to something that is different from what his word says. God is not going to tell you to do something that is contrary to what his word has already said. Submission leads to humility and humility brings about anointing. Anointing brings about excellence and excellence brings about the perfect will of God. Our goal here at Fellowship of Champions is to exemplify excellence in all that we do in word and deed, thereby giving much glory and honor to God. Now, I was thinking about that as I was reading through that. It says submission brings humility. What does that even mean? When I list, when I travel somewhere and I put the address in my GPS and I follow the address and I get to that place with no problem, I don't boast in that because literally all I did was follow the instruction. So it is very similar when we listen and are submitted to Holy Spirit, there is very little room for pride and boasting because all we are doing is following the outline of what Holy Spirit has told us to do. There is no the uh, room for boasting when we are submitted. We're saying, hey, all I did was follow the instructions. So if somebody says, how in the world did you find this place out, out, of, out of nowhere? How did you get here? I listened to the GPS. Nobody's walking around talking about, I bet nobody else could listen to the GPS as well as I did. I'm the best GPS listener in the, in the land. No, because we understand that all we're doing is following the steps and the guidance. It's likewise, Holy Spirit is our guiding system. Holy Spirit wants to lead us. And as you are uh, following those instructions, you get to a, the, the desired destination and there is no room for bragging. So it says submission leaves no room for pride, but humility brings anointing. The humility brings the anointing and the anointing is the presence of God that destroys yokes. Okay, now think about that. So when I submit to God and I am doing what God says, I move out of the way. I move myself out of the way, which opens the door for Holy Spirit to come in. And when Holy Spirit is there, he can do nothing but show up as who as himself. And what does Holy Spirit do? The, he will bring deliverance, healing, uh, 
healing comfort whatever we need holy spirit encompasses and brings that with him because it is who he is and so all we have to do is say hey i'm going to do it your way and that opens the door for holy spirit to manifest and to show forth his goodness and his glory and as holy spirit is manifesting his goodness and his glory guess what we see deliverance and and we are able to stand back and say it is the lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes yes he works through us but it is because we have submitted and we open the door for that anointing to manifest and that that anointing manifests because the anointing is just the presence of god into a situation that's good. That's good. Well, all I have to do is humble myself to do it God's way. That moves me out of the way and it opens the door for Holy Spirit to manifest. And as Holy Spirit manifests, all types of miracles manifest along with that. So that's so important that we realize the power of submission. So when we think about submission, I don't want you to see submission as some, some um, dirty word, as some negative aspect, seeing submission as something that opens the gateway, opens the door for the flooding of the Holy Spirit to come in and take over. Submission is actually very beautiful. When I submit to God, I am submitting to his benefit package. When I submit to God, I am submitting to his leading. I, when I submit to God, I am submitting to his way of doing things. And that is always a win in our book. So we're talking about being submitted to God, which leads us to dedication and commitment. Dedication and commitment. What is dedication and commitment? Dedication or commitment is uh, a decision of quality where there is no turning back. It's a decision of quality, which means it's not impulsive. It's not something you just come up with on the on the spur of the moment and hey i'm gonna do this and then you haven't really thought through the process and you don't commit to it or you don't stick with it it says dedication is a decision of quality where there is no turning back true dedication simply makes decisions based on one's commitment to god not feelings and not emotions okay so when we're talking about dedication and commitment we're not talking about doing something just because you feel like it we're talking about doing something because you've made the commitment to do something Ty Bennett teaches that there are four levels of commitment. There are four levels of commitment. And um, the first level is distraction. Now, I, I think a lot of us get caught up in this first level. When we're, If we're really honest with ourselves, many of us get caught up in this level of distraction. And what do we mean when we say distraction? Distraction is we're committed to something until something else grabs our attention or distracts us from that. We are committed until something else pops comes along. It's also known as the shiny object syndrome. So it's, oh, I love this. I love this. Oh, something else is bright. I'm, I'm over here. Something else is bright. I'm over here. So we are committed to something as long as um, something else doesn't pop up. But the moment we see something else that looks good, we are, we've now shifted our focus to that thing. And that's that level of distraction. And so the example is we know here at Fellowship of Champions, one of the uh, hearts or one of the main things that has, has been put in the the heart of Pastor Strickland is the scholarship found, uh, foundation. And, and what we do is we want to say, God, we believe that you have called Fellowship of Champions to help these young students to, to go to college debt free or to help as much as much as possible as we can to help them to, to be able to graduate with, 
with little to no debt. We believe this is something you've put on our hearts. But then we hear, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Transformation Church is over there paying off medical bills. Maybe that's what Fellowship of Champions needs to be doing. We need to be paying off medical bills because that's what God has called us to do. And then we hear World Changers is, is feeding people. So we say, oh, wait, Fellowship, Fellowship of Champions, we need to go over there and we need to start feeding people because you can't. people can't hear the word if they're hungry. And so we need to stop thinking about scholarships and we need to feed people. But the truth of the matter is if we stay committed and dedicated to what God has put on our heart, God put different things in every every person, in every ministry. And so if we stay in our lane, every lane will be covered. If everyone stays in their lane, every lane will be covered. So it's important that we don't get caught up in distractions. Now, that doesn't mean that we can only do one thing, but it means we stay committed unless until God tells us other things to add to that or until God tells us to, to shift our focus in some way. So the first level of commitment is distraction. So you're committed until you get distracted by something else. The next level of commitment is uh, decision. So it says decision is when you make a decision, uh, when you make a decision, you cut off all the other options and you focus your attention on that one goal. You cut off all of the other options and you focus your attention on that one goal. So that's a step higher than uh, distraction. Distraction is, hey, anything is possible. Whatever pops up, I'm, I'm down for whatever. When you make a decision, you say, I'm not, I'm, I'm committed to this one thing. This is... Uh, I'm cutting off the option. If I say I'm committed to my marriage, I'm cutting off the option of operating as a single person. If I say I'm committed to weight loss, I'm cutting off the option to not eating healthy and taking care of my body. So when you make a commitment, you cut off the other options. The next step in the commitment level is discipline. Discipline is the requirement that it takes um, to 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 do necessary daily actions to do what needs to be done. So commitment is the requirement to take the necessary daily actions to do what needs to be done. This is where you get a, a basically uh, when we talk about those four things, this, this discipline is your regimen of faith. Discipline could be equated to your regimen of faith. This is uh, the day-to-day -day things that maybe don't look glamorous. They don't feel great, but th those are the things that get you in the right place. So it's getting up and, and drinking the water when you may not feel like drinking water. It's getting up, doing the exercise, even when you don't feel like it. It's walking when you don't feel like it or resting when, when it feels like you should be doing something else, but you know that that's what your body needs. That is the discipline aspect that we are talking about tonight. And the last one is devotion. Devotion is doing whatever it takes to um, see the will of God uh, or to please God, to do whatever it takes to please God. And that means, hey, God, if you tell me I need to fast this week, I'm going to fast this week because I'm devoted to you. If you say I need to uh, stop eating this certain thing, I, I'm going to stop eating that certain thing because I'm, I'm committed to you. So devotion says, basically, I am laying my will down and I am submitting to your will. That is what devotion is, is all about. So when we talk about dedication and commitment, we're talking about getting to that level of devotion to God and not just distraction where, you know, we're, we're committed to God until something else comes along and, and throws our attention off somewhere else. Once we've we talked about the dedication and the commitment, it's time for us to look into what's our place in the body. What is our place in the body of Christ? Um, it says in Romans, the 11th chapter and the 29th verse, it says, for the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. Every believer is anointed and endued with power to fulfill a specific 
function. God has given each and every one of us specific gifts and talents to to edify the kingdom and to build up the body. God has done this um, to to make His 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 name His His self glorious in the earth. Uh, and it also says that those gifts are without repentance. What does that mean? God's not snatching back the gifts because we don't submit to Him. God doesn't just snatch your gift back because you don't submit. This is why you can see someone possibly with, let's just say a prophetic anointing. And um, we see things and we go, man, that person talks crazy to other people or they sure are rude or they're this, they're that. God doesn't say, oh, I'm snatching my gift back because you you didn't uh, do the right thing. But what happens is um, there are a lot of people that get led astray because they start being being caught up in a person's character and and not or they I'm sorry they start seeing the gifts that God did still allows them to have but the character throws them off and it becomes a stumbling block which is why again it goes right back to being submitted to Holy Spirit Holy Spirit tells us we have to submit those gifts to God. We have to submit those gifts to God. And as we submit those gifts to God, he will begin to show us where we are supposed to be operating in the body of Christ. When we submit those gifts to God, he shows us where we're supposed to operate. We each have a role to play in the body and we must ask God, where is our place in the body? Remember that submission brings humility which leads to the anointing, which leads to excellence. So again, when I submit my gifts to God, I am operating uh, and I, I get this humility, then it leads to the anointing, which leads to excellence. It goes back to us being willing to submit to Holy Spirit. And if you have not seen a pattern, you should be seeing a pattern at this point. If we're not submitted to God, we're not going to be able to operate to the level that God wants us to operate and fully um walk in the goodness that he has for us and to do little harm uh, to other people. Because when we don't submit our gifts to God, we are subjecting that gift to operate in a fleshly realm and we can do nothing but operate from, when we're operating in flesh, we hurt people. When we're operating from flesh, we are proud. When we operate from flesh, we are operating from arrogance. And so that's why it's so important that we keep our gifts submitted to God. And as we submit to God, we remember that he has a place for us. Um, when we submit our talents to God, everyone is doing their part and no one has to feel like the load is too heavy for them. No one has to feel like the load is too heavy when we submit to God because why? Everybody's doing their part. You don't have to have one person doing 18 different things because we're we're all doing something. You don't have to have somebody up doing the, the praise team. Then they have to go do prayer. Then they have to go greet. Then they have to go, uh, you know, check the sound. If if we are submitting all of our gifts, the local body should be covered because God already knows what we need and He put it on the inside of each one of us. And when we submit that to God and then to the local church, guess what? Everything that the local church needs in the sense of you know fulfilling the vision of that house is there because God has has already been so mindful of the local ministry to say, hey, I'm bringing the right people to you. I'm bringing bringing those gifts to you. But if we're not submitted, we will sit there, have the gift on the inside of us and watch other people doing things that we could be helping to do. It's important that we don't just sit back and, uh, and allow other people to just take on the, 
the burden of, of everything that's going on. In fact, we talked about that. I think Pastor Strickland and Pastor Sean talked about that one Sunday um, when we talked about just what it means when we're talking about partnership. When we're talking about partnership, we're talking about everybody saying, hey, let's pull this load together. This is a team sport. This is not an individual thing. This is a team sport. As, as we rise, as FOC is growing, we're all going to have to say, hey, FOC is growing. That means there are more areas that I can can help. Let me look at at this situation from a perspective of team there you know they say it if you played any sports you've probably heard the saying there is no i in team we're talking about no um no um no self-glorification, but hey, let's just get in here. Let's do what needs to be done. And that means I'm not going to put down my gift because I don't think my gift is big enough or I don't think my gift is good enough and, and somebody else's gift. All the gifts are important. All the joints are important. When we're talking about the body of Christ, we're all important. Now, in, in fact, I want you to put that in the comments. Um, every joint is needed. Imagine how your body would operate if 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 you said, "Hey, we already have knees, so so we don't need any elbows. Just we already have enough joints that we just don't need any elbows." Imagine how how messed up that would be. So every joint is needed, and every joint is important. Don't compare your gift and your talent to other people. Don't compare yourself to other people. Comparison is a thief of joy. And what happens is you begin to say, well, they don't really need me or my task is so small or I want to have a bigger role or whatever. And you begin to compare. Comparison opens the door for jealousy. Comparison opens the door for insecurity. So when you start comparing, just know I'm, I'm operating um, from this place that is not going to lead me to a healthy place. I'm not going to compare. And what I'm going to say is, Every joint counts. And when you start to think about that, you start to see how powerful that really is. Every joint counts. Okay. What do I mean when I say that? Now think about the person who cleans the toilets in the church, for example. They are important and they may say, well, I'm not bringing the word. I'm not praying. I'm not teaching. I'm not doing anything. But I promise you, if that, if that bathroom starts to smell, it is going to affect the service because if you're sitting in there and you're trying to worship and all of a sudden you start smelling things, you're you're distracted. And so even though it may seem like that's not important, it is very important that you can recognize um, that that, hey, I have to keep the bathroom. I have to keep the bathroom clean because I want to make sure that this whole service flows wonderfully. I want to make sure that every part of Fellowship of Champions is operating in excellence. You want to make sure that happens. And we often see it with the sound. People don't really think about the sound until something happens, until the microphones start uh, making that high pitched sound. Then everybody looks back at the sound guys. Well, if you minimize that, you don't even realize the uh, the value of appropriate sound until until it starts to mess up. So I'm telling you every part of of what we need is important for us, okay? That is that is vital for us. Uh now, are you willing to devote yourself to pleasing God? Are you willing to devote yourself to pleasing God? That is is the next thing we're talking about. We talk about finding a place, but we also have to be committed to devote ourselves to pleasing God. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. It is impossible to please God if we are not operating from a place of faith. 
and and uh second corinthians uh the fifth chapter and the seventh verse says for we walk by faith and not by sight what are we talking about here? We're talking about in order for us to really have a singleness of focus, we have to be willing to get on one accord with God. And that means walking by faith. Too many believers think it's okay for us not to walk by faith. They really think it's okay for us to live according to our emotions. God never called us to live by our emotions. He called us to live by his word, which is the basis of our faith. He calls us to live by faith. And at Fellowship of Champions, we will be challenging uh, each other. Hey, walk by faith. Believe God. Believe God for the supernatural. In fact, we are literally receiving word that is contradictory to everything that is going around us in the world. We are being told to believe God that this is the year of release when it is uh, all that's going around in the world is a pandemic. When it seems like there is things stopping, we are being told to believe that this is the year of release. We are being told to believe that this is we are going to receive uh, an accelerated year of, for five to one. Things that would take us five years will happen within one year even one day when we believe. Now we're being told to believe that. You cannot believe that if you are not in faith. So being a part of Fellowship of Champions and thinking that you're going to live a life not of faith, you are going to be frustrated because you're gonna constantly be hearing somebody say, believe for more, God has better, stretch your faith out there. And then if you are a person that doesn't believe faith, it's just gonna sound like hogwash. And guess what? You're not going to see it because you don't believe. Or, or Let me take that back. You're gonna see it, but it may not be in your life. You're gonna see it in our lives where though anyone who chooses to believe is going to see the goodness of the of God. And then it's frustrating because you say, why is it happening for someone else? It's because faith is the thing that connects us to the promises of God. God already has it for us. We receive it by faith. Amen. Amen. So we have to be willing to please God, which means we have to be willing to walk by faith. We also have to be willing to live holy. Come on, guys. It is now almost acceptable. People say things like, you know, God knows my heart. Yes. And in and, and your heart is, is deceitful. God says, I want you to be committed to living a life of purity, a life of holiness. Um, pleasing God means that we are willing to live an upright life. And when we say upright, that doesn't mean we won't ever make a mistake. That doesn't mean we won't ever miss the mark sometimes. But it does mean that we will not be um, okay with with living in sin yes it says pleasing god will cause us to live holy and upright before the father second timothy 2 uh and 21 and it, it, it through 26 it begins to tell us that we must not walk after the lust of our our own flesh we must not walk after the lust of our own flesh but we have to be willing to say again i am submitting my will to your will, God. Yes, I would rather go off on this person. My flesh would rather go off on this person, but nevertheless, just like Jesus said in the garden, uh, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Yes, I would rather do this other thing, eat the cooking, nevertheless, not my will. So when we're talking about living holy, it's not always about um, some sexual sin. Yes, that is included. It's not always about those types of things, though. It is about being submitted in every area of life because God wants to do some amazing things. But again, we go back to where we started. That comes through submission. So remember that devotion is doing whatever it takes. 
And so sometimes that may mean, hey, I need to call an accountability partner if that's if I'm struggling with with living holy. That means I need to uh, do whatever I need to do in order to live according to God's standards. I'm willing to do that. We do believe in living holy here at Fellowship of Champions. We do believe that God has a standard. We do believe that um, you should be able to tell the life of a believer. We should not look, our lives, our patterns, our, our mannerisms should not look like everybody else. There should be a distinction in the way we live life. Now, again, that doesn't mean that we are, we think we're better than anybody else, but we do believe that there is a standard that God calls us to live under. Amen. So we have to be really mindful that we are committed to living a life of holiness. The other thing we want to make sure that we are committed to is a life of prayer. And, and I, I think if you've been following this ministry specifically through the pandemic, if you're just joining uh, Fellowship of Champions through this pandemic, you understand that um, we we are vow or we are committed to prayer. We have prayer. Um, on Tuesday nights, we have prayer for the month of February on, on Friday mornings. We have prayer. Why? Because we believe that something supernatural happens when we pray. And we have to begin to say, if I'm going to be committed to God and committed to this ministry, that means I'm committing to live a life of prayer. Um, in fact, if you look at Mark, the first chapter and the um, 31st verse, yeah, I'm sorry, 35th verse, it talks about Jesus praying continually. It talks about Jesus praying continually. Okay, let, let me find that scripture real quick. Mark 1 and 35 says, the next morning Jesus woke up early. He left the house while it was still dark and went to a place where he could be alone to pray. Now, Jesus is, is uh, our example. It says Jesus got up early to pray. But then if you look at Luke 6 and 12, it says a few days later, Jesus went out to a mountain to pray. He stayed there all night praying to God. Again, we see Jesus taking prayer as a, a significant part of his life. He got up early and prayed. He stayed up late and prayed. Why? Because if Jesus has to seek God about direction and, and Jesus says, I only say what my father says, I only do what my father does. Guess what? If, if it takes Jesus in constant communication, it's going to take us in constant communication to know what our next move is. It's going to take us being in constant communication with the Father so we can know uh, what the Father is saying. In fact, some of us don't know what to say because we're not in constant communication. The only reason Jesus could even say, I only say what my Father says is because he spent so much time listening to what his Father said. We can't say what the father says if we don't know what the father says by, because we're, we have to spend time listening to what the father says. That's how we get instruction or that's how we know what to, to say. We don't know what the father says if we don't talk to the father. So if Jesus prayed, then surely we need to pray. This is how we are able to say um, we have to, to, I'm sorry, this is how he was able to say that he only said what the father said because he spent so much time with him. Some of us want the Cliff Notes version of what the Father says, but we want the same power that Jesus had to show up in our lives. We want the Cliff Notes. Hey, can you let, just give me a synopsis of kind of what God was talking about a little bit? But then we still want to operate with that same boldness and that same power that God has. But but Jesus said I had to spend time with the Father to to not only 
know what he said, but to know the heart of what he was saying. Because there are times when people will quote scripture and, and because you have a personal relationship with God, you understand that was not the heart of what God said. There are scriptures that people have used literally for many years and they have misquoted it and, and had all types of things um, taken out of context because they did not understand the heart of the person. So not only is communing with God important so we know what he's saying, but we're understanding the heart behind what he's saying. That is important because if you just tell me something that God said, but I don't know the heart behind it, I can, I can get defeated by some of those things if I don't understand the heart of a person. But if I know the heart of a person, then that begins, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he said that, but this is, this is, um, this is the meaning behind him saying that. And so that's critically important that we spend enough time with God to get to hear his heart. Um, at FOC, we take prayer seriously because it is in prayer that we get insight from about God's heart. We commune with him and we receive guidance, correction, insight, comfort, healing, provision, deliverance. It is in prayer that we receive all of those things, okay? So again, when we're talking about this singleness of focus, we are committed to, to prayer. We are committed to living a holy life. We are committed to walking by faith. We are committed to these things and we hold each other accountable for those things. So, so that means if I see my brother stumbling, I'm not going to gossip about him. I'm going to say, hey, there is a standard, but also I'm going to help you. I'm not going to blast you. I'm going to lead and guide you um, and to, to follow. Hey, let, let, let me lead you back to Holy Spirit so Holy Spirit can lead you. So I hope that makes sense. I hope that makes sense for everyone. So we're talking about uh, this commitment and this singleness of purpose. Why is single-mindedness so important? Why is single-mindedness so important? If you're not single-mindedness about your purpose for being here in the ministry, you, will um, you won't have a definitive direction. You will just be kind of floundering around, um, kind of going in the wind. It actually, uh, the scripture, 1 James uh, 5 through 8 talks about a double-minded man. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. What, what are we talking about? When you don't know what God is saying and you're not clear about your purpose, you're, you're tossed to and from. One minute you believe one thing, the next minute you're believing something else. You have to know. Uh, yes, I love that. Uh, Fellowship of Champions just posted, if God called you to FOC, it's because we know he knows that you belong. You have to know that you belong. If God called you here, it's because you belong here. So you don't have to go, well, what? Well, they didn't ask me to do this. Maybe this isn't my ministry. They didn't ask me to do that. Ask God and be committed to that. And you're not wondering. Stay committed. And as you're committed to that, watch how Holy Spirit will begin to show you um, exactly how that commitment, it fits in with the other parts of this body. So it says double-mindedness brings hesitation, indecisiveness, unstableness, um, inconsistency, it's important that we are not floundering around again when we're talking about um, this, this single-mindedness. We have to know that if God called me here, he called me here for a purpose. He called me here for at least a twofold purpose. Number one, to receive from the ministry, which means we're receiving, but also to give to the ministry. We're not here. We didn't, he didn't call us here just to sit here and collect all of the anointing. 
He called us here as we're receiving and as our life is being changed, we're also pouring out. And so it should look like uh, water flowing through. You know, we receive from the ministry, we give into the ministry. We receive from God through the ministry, we give to the ministry. It may not always look in the same same uh, proportion always at the same time, but there should always be a receiving and a giving. It should always be a receiving and a giving. That's really important to understand and to know. We are meant to um, to receive as well as to give. In fact, that's the way this, the harvest system is set up. We we sow, we receive. We sow, we receive. It's never meant to have a one sided relationship where we're just receiving. It's never meant. We don't we don't call it partnership for nothing. We're never. It's not about coming into the ministry. Man, that word's so good. Man, that word is life changing. If that word is life changing, share the word with someone. If that word is so good, share that word. It's about receiving and about giving. It's about giving and receiving. Amen. Um, so the next thing says, what do we mean when we're talking about preach the word in season and out of season? Uh, every time I hear or hear this scripture or think about this scripture, I always think about I grew up Baptist and I always heard I never heard this scripture except at someone preaching uh, at a pastor's anniversary. And they would they would get up and they would preach this and they would basically it would be the guest minister talking to the pastors and he, they would talk uh, from second Timothy, the fourth chapter, when it talks about preaching in season and out of season. And he, they would say, you know, preach the word pastor when they want to hear you preach the word pastor when they don't want to hear you preach the word pastor. But you know what? There is really some truth to that. We have to be so committed to the word of God. We have to be committed to it in season, which means when it's a popular thing, we have to be committed to the word of God when it's not popular. We have to be committed to the word of God when it seems to be trendy, you know, or it seems like, oh, everyone's Christian. That's a cool thing. We have to be committed during those times, but we have to also be committed when it doesn't seem to be popular. We have to be committed when it goes in the face of what what everyone else is saying. Even even when we talked about walking by faith, we are receiving a word now that says this is the year of release. You have to be committed to that word, even though it looks like it may not be an in-season word. You have to be committed to believe that that's a right now in-season word for your life. So we have to be committed to preach this word. That does not mean you have to be behind a pulpit. It means that you have to be committed to the word. Also understanding that Fellowship of Champions is committed to preach this word in season and out of season. So if, if the word is going forth, you have to be ready to receive that word going forth um, in season, out of season, um, you know, all the time being so, so full of uh, the faith. It says there will be a time in and, and verse four. So let me actually just read that second Timothy, the fourth chapter, the second through the fifth verse. It says, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, extort with all long suffering and doctrine for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lush shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and they shall turn away from their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. Now, ooh, that's so good. There will be a time when people don't want to hear the truth. There will be a time when people want to, or it seems like they want to stay stuck. So you're telling me in the middle of a pandemic, you're talking about God, this is the year of release. Don't nobody want to hear all that, that positive, happy self, self-help stuff. That's what you're, you're, no, 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 no. You have to be committed to that word because it it's, it's there to, 
to extort uh, or, or to, to edify the body. It's there to help us in this time. You have to be committed to the word and not be led astray by the things uh, that are not rooted in the truth of the word of God. We must be committed enough to speak in the face of anything. In fact, in uh, Proverbs, the 18th chapter, the 21st verse, it says, the power of life and death are in, in the tongue. God's word is all we need. The scripture will save you, heal you, and fill you with the Holy Spirit and meet your needs as well as sustain you. So again, we're talking about being committed to that word. When you're committed to the word, you're committed enough to speak it in the face of opposition. You're committed to speak it. You're committed to say those things that seem like they're they're contrary to, you know, whatever. They're talking about... Um, all people dying and, and this and this and this. You have to be committed enough to say, but the partners of Fellowship of Champions will be satisfied with long life. You have to be committed to say those confessions in the middle of the pandemic. You have to be committed when everybody else is speaking uh, that negative talk and speaking, hey, you, the, the economy may do this. And you have to be committed to say that this is the year of laughter and we're going to laugh our way through this thing. You have to be so committed to that word in season. It And here's the thing. The word won't always seem, the word that you receive may seem like it's out of season. A word about harvest doesn't seem like it would come in a pandemic. I'm just going to say lie for a minute. A word about release and harvest seems out of season if you are in a pandemic. And it may be out of season for somebody who doesn't believe. But for us, because we believe this is a in-season word, you have to be committed to that word. And at Fellowship of Champions, we're committed. And let me tell you, it will annoy you to be around people who are full of faith when you're full of doubt. It will actually annoy you when you want to complain and somebody else is talking about the goodness of God. It will annoy you if you want to be in a place of self-pity and other people are talking about their testimonies. And so you have to be ready. Hey, I am ready and I am committed to see what God says in my life and, and get those, go back. I know we're not doing the, the 21 day of fasting, but pull out those uh, those declarations, say those things, because there will be times when the enemy will begin to whisper in your ear or try to whisper in your ear. Uh, but you have to be, again, so committed to the word of God that that you are not moved by by the naysayers and by the word of the enemy. God's word, Jeremiah 1 and 12 said, God hastens to perform his word. Now, I like that word hasten. Um, he, he's quick to, or he's running to perform his word. God is not a man that he should lie. If he said it, it's already done. If he said it, it's already done. So we have to uh, be so committed when we're talking about that singleness of focus. I am committed to surrender my life to God. I am committed to live holy. I am committed to prayer. I am committed to prayer. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm committed to, to preaching this word. And again, that does not always mean behind a pulpit. That sometimes you have to preach to yourself. Sometimes you have to get in the mirror and preach to yourself and, and understand that fellowship of champions is committed to preaching the word. And because of that we have to know that when our flesh starts to rise up that word may be um, there to come and to cut away that those fleshly thoughts and those fleshly desires don't get offended when the word starts to cut away the flesh in fact embrace the uh the pruning process hey this word is coming not to hurt me but this word is coming to edify me and now let's talk about covenant real quick and then we're going to get out of here all right um 
let let the way you live preach the sermon. Absolutely. Let the way you live preach that sermon. So let's talk about covenant. What constitutes a covenant? What constitutes a covenant? Well, the promise of a word and a sacrifice and a seal. What constitutes a promise, uh, a covenant? A promise of his word and a sacrifice and a seal. Now, if you think about there are different covenants that have been um, that we've seen throughout throughout the Bible. There was a, a covenant with Abraham. There was a covenant with with uh, there was a Mosaic covenant. But then when when we talk about the new covenant or the covenant of the new testament the promise of god's word came with the sacrifice which was jesus and the holy spirit was the seal okay so we have to be so thankful that we are living under a new covenant we have to be very thankful that we are living under a new covenant what is a covenant a covenant is an agreement god made an agreement with man but he put the responsibility to carry out that covenant onto jesus Okay, God made a covenant with man, but he put the responsibility to carry out that covenant onto Jesus. He made a covenant with man before, but man did not keep the rules. So he said, hey, you know what? I'm going to make a better covenant. And this time I'm going to put that responsibility on Jesus. And Jesus is the person that's going to bring this to pass. All man has to do now is believe. Our role in the covenant is to believe. That is how we are connected to the new covenant. We believe what Christ did on the cross. He allowed um, he allowed him to guide us. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us. This covenant is now based on our belief in what Christ did and the yielding to the Holy Spirit. That is important. We have to understand that this new covenant is, is a covenant based on us believing the finished work of Christ. It's not about us bringing a sacrifice. It's not about, you know, did, did I um, check off every box? Did, did I wear the right thing? Did I eat the, the right food? Did I mess up? Did I keep this law? Did I do those things? It says, you know what? He already knew we couldn't do that. So he says, hey, I'm going to give you a better covenant. And I'm going to say, Jesus is going to do the work, but you have to believe on the work that he's done for you. Jesus is going to do the work, but you have to believe on the work that he's done for you. But then he comes along and he gives us a helper to help us to live according to the new covenant. The new covenant does still have some guidelines and some rules. So sometimes we think the old covenant was law and then the new covenant doesn't have any guidelines and we can just do whatever we want to do under the new covenant. But the new covenant still has guidelines and rules. Then it's just ruled differently. The new covenant is led by Holy Spirit led and we, the law is love. So we have to operate in love. We have to live by faith, but that is how we live under this new covenant. There are different types of, of covenants that we talk about. And then some of those things are um, you've heard those terms, irrevocable. Irrevocable means it can't be reversed. Okay, so what God has has um, called blessed can't be cursed. There are certain things that, that are irrevocable. Let's look at Hebrews, the sixth chapter. This is uh, one of Pastor Sean's favorite scriptures. <laughs> Hebrews, the sixth chapter. And we're going to look at verse 12. Hebrews 6 and 12. And I don't know why this one did not print out. I don't know why it's not printed out on my notes. But that's okay because we actually got this Bible right here. All right. Hebrews, the sixth chapter and the 12th verse. And it says, 
yeah, Hebrews 6 and 12, that be not slothful, but followers of them that through faith and patience inherit the promise. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself saying, surely blessings, I will bless thee and multiplying, I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Oh, that's so good. After he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise for men verily swear by the greater and an oath for confirmation is to them to the end to end all strife, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. OK, now what's going on here? God, God is making a promise to Abraham. And he says, I want to prove to, to you that I'm serious about it. And he says, I want to make a, a, a oath or and he says, I need something that I can, I can, I can swear by, or I can make a confirmation by And, and he's looking and he sees, and he doesn't see anything greater than himself to even put that on. And we understand um, in our world, we say, put that on something, which means let me know you're serious. Let me know you're for real. If you put that on something, that lets me know how serious you are. And so God says, okay, put that on. What can I put that on? That's that's greater. Because what we'll say is to people when, when you're growing up, uh, or at least in the South, we would say, put that on your mama or put that, I put that on my mama, which means I'm not going to say it if it's not true, if I put it on my mama, because that means we we are putting, we're staking it on our parents. God says, I'm not going to say it if it's not serious. So let me put that on something. And he looks around and he says, like, everything here is beneath me. Everything here I made. I can't put that on anything but me. So he says, I put that on me. I put that on myself. And he says, I swear to God that I'm going to bless you. And those are the things when we're talking about this new covenant, we have to understand that God is not just uh, giving us promises and dangling in front of our face. He's not just um, he's not just saying, hey, hey, uh, I can do this if I want to. I may. I may. He says, I put that on my life. I put that on my life. Um, that I'll bless you. I put that on everything that I have that I will bless you. And so we have to be so mindful that when God makes a promise that he is faithful to perform it. And that is the covenant that we're living under. We are not living under uh, some, some, some bootleg covenant. We're not living under some covenant about bulls and, and goats and sacrifices like that because the sacrifice that Jesus made was the ultimate sacrifice and there there is no turning back from that sacrifice. It's never going to be bad. It's not going to expire. That sacrifice doesn't expire. It's not one of those, you know, in the Old Testament, they have to make sacrifices yearly. Uh, every year they would have to go and say, hey, you know, let's, let's get enough to cover um, ourselves for another year. That sacrifice was the, the lasting sacrifice and it's good forever. And so you have to be, we have to be so thankful that sacrifice is, is good forever because we live under a new covenant. Amen. Amen. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I enjoy teaching it because the word of God is, is uh, life. It is true for us. So tonight, again, we talked about singleness of purpose and dedication. So we want you to be dedicated to the Holy Spirit, dedicated to, to God, dedicated to prayer, to living holy, dedicated to understanding what we believe um, in this body, but more importantly, dedicated to Christ because he's going to lead you and show you where you fit into this body. He's going to show you you um 
what you're supposed to be doing in this season because where he has you this season may not be where you are next season but we're so committed to god that we're willing to say god wherever you have me wherever you want me to be in this season i am yielded because i trust that if you put me somewhere, it's for my good. And if I trust that if you put me somewhere, it's for my good and other people are gonna be blessed as a result of my obedience. So thank you so much. Uh, I can't see all of the comments through this, but if you have any comments, please drop them in there. We would be happy to cover those. Um, we wanna go before we end tonight, I want to, um, to give us a couple announcements and again, let everybody know we are so thankful that you joined us tonight. Thank you for continuing. Next week, we will be right back here um, teaching lesson five. Ralph will be, I think Ralph is going to be teaching uh, next week lesson five for um, our continuing our partnership lessons. So uh, on Mondays, we have at 12 p.m. Central Standard Time, we have strategies for success at 12 noon. On Tuesday nights, again, because we are committed to prayer, um, we are committed at eight o'clock on Tuesday nights, Wednesday night, uh, Bible study. Right now we're doing the partnership classes, but just stay committed to Wednesday nights at eight. You will get either Bible study or, or I guess it's all Bible study uh, slash partnership classes. And then on Sunday mornings, of course, we have 930 a.m. Christian Valley Worship I love me some worshiping with Chris. Now, she doesn't know it, but I'm harmonizing and everything with her when she's singing and we're having us a good praise and worship time on Sunday mornings. And then at 10 a.m., it goes right into the word of God by our dynamic pastors, um, who I am really honored to be a part of this ministry and to sit under their leadership and under their guidance. And so I, I pray that you all um, continue to pray for our pastors, continue to pray for our leaders. We also have a uh, victory zone and ignite. If you go to www.focchurch.com, you will be able to find uh, the victory zone lessons are on demand. So you can just go in and find lessons and then ignite is Thursday night through zoom. Uh, you can get connected. So our teams, are, they need a place. Our teams and our kids are also being affected by this pandemic and we want to give them um, access to the word of God as well. So again, thank you so much. Pray about where you're supposed to be um, connected to in this ministry and how you're supposed to be connected. Also this month, uh, join us Friday mornings at 6.30 Central Standard Time. We uh, we're having a champion circle and that is where we will be praying in the mornings. I, I'm back on the East Coast. When we first started, I was on the uh, I was in Central Standard Time and I woke up two weeks in a row and I don't know why I didn't change my cal or my schedule. Two weeks in a row, I woke up at 6.30 Eastern Standard Time wondering where, where the prayer was. But So it is Central Standard Time, 6.30, set your, your clocks so that you don't miss that. Again, thank you so much. We love you. God bless you. And we will see you next week. Bye.